Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Today I sat down with Jake Boley. Uh, for those of you who don't know him, he used to work with a company called Barbend, which is a fitness news outlet. Um, I believe last time he was on the podcast, he's been on a couple times, uh, he was still working with them. He's now split off to do his own thing. He is running That Fit Friend and he does reviews on a uh, fitness apparel and shoes um he's got some really great reviews so make sure you check him out on youtube uh instagram and his website that fit friend um as always make sure you screenshot this episode tag me tag our guest jake tag hybrid unlimited and you will automatically be entered in a draw to potentially win some hybrid legacy brand apparel the official apparel of hybrid unlimited and hybrid performance method as a whole while you're at it check us out on hybridstrengthcoach.com there you can find every workout program that we offer um from weightlifting to powerlifting, strongman, basically every strength sport, as well as our hybrid athlete program, which is designed for traditional sport athletes and um, general fitness as well in the hybrid body program. Um, you can get seven days free of any or all of those programs. Uh, just make sure you click the seven day free option at checkout. And again, that's hybridstrengthcoach.com. That's it. Sit back, relax, enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. We want to give a shout out to our incredible sponsors for the podcast, Element. Chances are you're not getting enough electrolytes or salt in your diet. Element is an electrolyte supplement that contains no added sugar, no artificial ingredients, and no BS. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially if you sweat a lot during your training. Having the right levels of sodium, potassium, and magnesium flowing through your system will not only help combat fatigue and brain fog, but it can seriously improve your performance in the gym. But don't just take our word for it. Athletes in the NFL, NBA, NHL, US Olympians, and members of the Special Forces are all drinking Element to get their electrolyte intake on point with the most delicious powder on the market seriously these flavors are insane my personal favorite is citrus salt element is giving our listeners a special offer head over to the link in our show notes or ig to get a free gift with your purchase courtesy of our friends at element again the link is drinkelement.com hybrid that's drink slash hybrid stay salty and now back to the show you were with barbend prior yeah yep. um for those who don't know barbend is sort of like a fitness news outlet yeah type like thing a little bit more specialized for strength sports right okay we cover like crossfit and i guess like powerlifting the... strong man yeah and uh you decided to split off to your own thing mm -hmm. and uh we thought we were recording earlier and we weren't <laughs> so he's gonna have to retell this uh story again but yeah you split off through your own thing which is obviously scary and i was interested in what the change in the focus was you yeah. know going from barbend to your own thing yeah so once the pandemic hit and like we were just talking about that i had been talking about you like to you um, about spinning off and doing my own thing before i actually pulled the trigger right and like i always had like this feeling of wanting to do my own thing and you know it's funny because for so long, I was very anxious and I was very reactive and I couldn't figure out why. And I think because I got to a point where I felt like I was giving so much of my energy and effort into somebody else's thing. And I wasn't building out my own like asset and business and my own brand that once the pandemic hit and it like caused me to kind of slow the hell down and uh -huh. like look at my life from like this pie in the sky outlook, I realized like I'm done. I got I got to do my own thing. It's like now, now or never do or die everyone's in this really weird situation and like it's not going to get any weirder or any more uncomfortable than this so why not rip it now and rip the band-aid so i was out in uh missouri for the pandemic dodged because we were living in new york city at the time and being locked in a 300 square foot apartment like a little hamster no yeah. dice so we went out to missouri um pretty much split off from barb and i forget when it was like august or july I want to say of 2020. My, my years are all fucked up from the pandemic. Hey, yeah, it all feels like one big year. <laughs> Dude, one big year. <laughs> but I eventually split off and I started this business called Physique Lab with my buddy Ojin Loki, who you guys know because... Yeah, he used to do some graphics for us. Yeah, he yeah. does all the Instagram graphics. And basically him and I started this business. We had like this subscription idea. Long story short, like before we did this, we built out an ebook together and we launched it the Christmas prior to the pandemic. 
and we're like free ebook and we did like a little upsell of like twenty dollars for a program with it and it got like twenty something thousand downloads oh, in, wow. in, in like 48 hours wow. so him and i are like oh sick like there's a business here so like let's do something so i spun off started a business with him um didn't exactly work the way we thought it would as like i feel like with most entrepreneurs you start something like sure. you always have to kind of pivot and figure it out how what was different than what you expected i don't know i think maybe our expectations based off of the ebook downloads and the like fast like pickup of that we expected to be kind of somewhat similar and so when it didn't hit we're like ah shit and him and i like we're not good marketers like i'm a good content creator he's a great content creator but we're not good at marketing like i'll be the first to say i am not great at marketing things or myself for that matter but him and i were like fuck like what do we do so we tried to build a couple more courses out we built like a training course um, a couple different tiers within that nutrition course and they did okay but they didn't do well enough to where I'm like, oh, like sick. Like this is like a long game business. Right. And so during that time, it was like the first six months of splitting off and doing my own thing, working with Ojin and like love him to death. And like, we're still like homies. Like there was no like bad fallout there, but mm -hmm. I started building out this brand called That Fit Friend. And essentially it is a review site for apparel, training shoes, weightlifting shoes and barefoot shoes. Essentially all the stuff that I use on a weekly basis. And the notion of wanting to start that was like at Barbend, I did some shoe reviews too, but like that was always something I was interested in as a kid. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like a product. Shoes? Yeah. yeah. That was kind of like a product cat, like a performance shoes, more or less. I'm not a sneakerhead by any means yeah. or a hypebeast. Like I'm not like <laughs> you guys with your fucking fashion, but performance shoes, like I was always super interested in. And it's funny because it took me a while to realize why. And so growing up as a kid, my dream, like, it's so funny. Like, I remember the story. I'll tell this on the podcast. Uh, my dream was to like build a designer of like, clothes and like shoes and shit and i remember one day going to hockey practice and i'm sure my parents will kick my ass for this going <laughs> to hockey practice with my dad and my uncle who were like they just got back from hunting or whatever and they were just taking me and i got in the car and my uncle's like oh like how's it going blah blah and i was like oh yeah like my teacher today was asking me like what i want to be when i grow up and i was like i said a designer and like dude the classic midwestern dad and my uncle are like what are you a fruit? Like that's a girl's <laughs> job. Blah, blah, blah. And so obviously like being a little kid, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, like I gotta be like, gotta find a more masculine job. And so like, it's funny now because starting that fit friend being a site rooted in shoe reviews, apparel reviews, I look back at it and I'm like, shit, like this is tying in my content background, which I fucking love. And like, that's my bread and butter building long form content. Uh -huh. It ties in my training background and coaching background. I get to talk about like how shoes can influence mechanics. And it ties in this cool, like, kind of like shoe slash apparel design background. So I'm like, like kind of unraveling everything like, oh shit, like maybe this is all kind of like a subconscious like queuing system to get me here that ties like all of my interests together. And so, yeah, man, I've been doing that for a year and a half. And like, long story short with the physique lab thing, probably about like, do you still work with him on that? Not really. No, it just kind of like is there, we don't push it. We don't really like have anything we want to do with it actually it's like on my to-do list actually like close down the program and like make sure everybody's memberships are canceled and stuff because there's not that many retention or members left on it um because like that fit friend the youtube channel and website i'm building take up all of my time and then i still have a coaching business on the side so i have like 10 to 12 clients that i keep on but that's more so just to keep me sh like sharp in the game and like to test different training theories that i learned about and like want to use for myself too um but yeah man it takes up all my time but I eventually spun off a physique lab, me and Ojin like shook hands. We're like, dude, like do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. Cause he had no interest in building up the site and stuff. Like I kind of wanted to with physique lab. And when I started building on TF2, it started getting some traction. Looked at it one month, 5,000 views, 10,000 views, 20,000 views. And now the site, like being a year and a half old, sitting around like 450 to 500,000 views a month. So it's like grown into this cool, like little sustainable business. And like, is it a big player? Like some of these big media companies know, but I actually prefer that. And that's kind of like the whole shtick of that fit friend is it's a business run by an actual dude using the gear, showing you an inside look of like, Hey, here's how I'm testing the gear. Here's the type of athlete that works for it. I'm not a media company just shoveling out reviews just to make some money. Like, right. Don't give a fuck about the affiliates. Really. I don't like take free product anymore. I buy all the product I review. So every month I'm spending like, two to three G's on shoes and apparel. Wow. My girlfriend's yeah. like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, don't. Is dude. your closet just like floor to ceiling shoes now? I have about, I think I counted because I just cleaned my like office downstairs where I film. I think there's like 194 pairs Whoa. of barefoot shoes, weightlifting shoes and training shoes. But it's cool though, because 
shoes that get phased out of content. So essentially shoes that are like two or three years old that won't be featured in roundups and comparisons just because you can't find them anymore. I get to give those away. And so like, if you're a size 10 and if you're listening to this and you're size 10, hit me up because I always have shoes to dish it to like the community. So I'll send those out for free and stuff. And the way I look at it is like, could you sell products to review? Sure. But like, my thought is like, okay, if you are somebody who is engaging with my content out of all the content creators in the world, you're choosing to give your limited time to the things that I'm building and producing, like the least I could do is part with some shoes if you were happen to be the same size as me. So it's been fucking cool, man. Like I'm cool. like kind of on cloud nine with it because it's like making enough money to where I can like live a lifestyle that I want to live. Like I don't need a lot. How do you make money through the site? Through ads, affiliate sales, YouTube makes some money training makes some money. And so it's like a nice culmination of all these things. And eventually I do want to get into building shoes and like oh, building cool. like socks and like performance focused socks too. Um, that's probably gonna be like a 2024, 2025 project. What's a performance sock look so like? So like, I want to build a good sock that has like a slightly wider toe box. Um, I want to build socks with different levels of thickness too, because different shoes and different lasts, so basically the molds of shoes, will interact differently with your foot just based off of how much volume you have and how much like, basically how thick your foot is and your foot anatomy. So I think having socks with a slightly wider toe box that don't pull the toes in, but then also just having a very level of thickness that you can kind of choose based off of the shoes you're wearing makes for a more comfortable fit versus like mm-hmm. going out and buying like your standard Under Armour sock or something like that. that's just kind of unisex. Picking you know, to pick little details like that can make your fit of a shoe way more comfortable. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. What do you think about, um, you might be a little biased on this since you're big on the shoes, but what do you think about uh, like squatting, deadlifting, doing all that kind of stuff barefoot? I love it. And so that's the thing too, like with the business itself, like, yeah, I love these, all these different shoes, but like the biggest thing that I try to stress is like, find a lineup of footwear that works for you. If you love to squat, deadlift, dead, like barefoot, like I pull barefoot most days, I'll squat low bar with a flat shoe or barefoot just because that's how my anatomy works best with that movement. Mm-hmm. I can't do it with that elevated heel because I'm a lanky ass dude and I just get folded like a <laughs> fucking chair. But like high bar squats, like I need a heel. Me squatting yeah. barefoot high bar, I look like a damn asshole because I just <laughs> don't have the like anatomy or mobility for it. Um, so my biggest thing is like, just find footwear that works for you and like experiment with different things. And that's why I get annoyed at some folks who are like, you have to have barefoot shoes and that's it. Or you have to have, it's like, nobody has to have this. Like the art of choosing footwear, I think is such an individual process. And when you tie in preferences and then also an anatomical differences, Mm -hmm. you have this clusterfuck of like how you interact with the shoe will be fully different than how I interact with the shoe. And so I'm neither pro nor against using any style of footwear, as long as you're comfortable using it and you're like able to perform well. Do you uh, think along the same lines as like squat you where, cause I, I mean, he's super like opinionated that way. He's like cutting the toe boxes off of shoes and Bro, all I, that kind of stuff. So but, I'm going to, I'll say, I'll first say like, I don't agree with a lot of his stuff. Does he put out some decent stuff? Sure. But I think in some ways it's a little polarizing in some ways it's a little bit dogmatic. It's like, mm. it, I, I, I feel like it's almost like taking this approach of like, I'm anti-dogmatism. But it's like, but bro, you're kind of dogmatic. Like, mm-hmm. like I also think he, he posts, he'll post stuff in a way that he knows is going to be misinterpreted. And then, I mean, and, and he obviously he's doing it because it creates engagement. And then in the comment section, he'll like sort of backtrack from it or he'll explain what he really means by it, which is like not clear in the post. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who read his captions just take him at face value or they watch his videos Dude, you know they then they, they don't know he's doing that yeah they freak out <laughs> i've li- i've literally had uh, a couple clients and I, like not only squat you is the only culprit here but like they've come to me and they're like hey man like i don't know what to do my squat i can't progress it because like this is a little bit off or this is a little bit uneven i'm like dude like you realize like you're never going to be fucking symmetrical right like what are you going to stay in this little fucking box and just squat 135 until everything's perfect like yeah. i think there's a lot of takes that are not thoroughly explained and then create like almost mental biases where they don't need to be mental biases. You know, it's like this idea of almost being scared to progress in many fronts because things aren't perfect or like you don't have the right, like perfect shoes. It's like, just come the fuck on. Well, and I I think a lot of the people that get really in the weeds with that stuff, it's like, it's so far down the list of what's important in training. Like it's like when people ask, you know, should I have uh, branch chain amino acid pre-workout or intra-workout or whatever? And it's like, they're sleeping four hours a night. Yeah. It's like, there are such bigger rocks you can put in the jar before we get down to like, should your toe box be a yeah. little bit wider or like, 
knee cave. It's like, dude, you're squatting one plate. Like you just got to get strong. Exactly. Get strong first. And when you hit a plateau that's real, that's when you can start like dissecting everything. A lot of comments that I actually have to navigate and deal with too are like along the lines of like, oh my God, like I'm confused. Like there's this dude. I'm like, yo, like really? It probably doesn't matter that much. Like I wouldn't Mm -hmm. think too deep about it. Find something you feel comfortable in and fucking just push your fucking athleticism, your strength, everything, push it, push it, push it, push it. And then to your point, like you will know when you need to kind of like tweak things. Like you're not at a point where you've actually capped out the thresholds in which you can cap out with the resources you have. Mm -hmm. And so that's like a lot of things too. Like people love getting in the weeds and I think it's just kind of trying to choose your battles and understanding also like the nuance and like what you're trying to accomplish. And that's why like circling back to squat you, I'm not a big fan of some of his stuff because I think in many ways, if you don't know better or know how to look at like the grander picture, you can get very in the weeds with these nuanced details that don't fucking matter. It's like Mm. the classic, like, Oh, like my row and my elbow angle is not this perfect angle. It's like, bro, like just fucking row more. Like you don't need to worry about this just yet. Like you're not competing in bodybuilding. You're not like on, some diet that you're really fucking specific with, like you're an intermediate, you're a beginner, mm-hmm. just get stronger. Like, yeah. Well, and I, oh, sorry, go ahead. One of the best answers I heard somebody asked, I think it was Matt Vincent. Um, like how, you know, how do I increase my total by, you know, whatever X amount. And he goes squat, bench, deadlift twice a week, do it for 10 years and you'll, you'll get stronger. Yeah. Like you can start with such a broad, like top of the funnel and for a long time, like, you know, people, people get, get, I don't know, like a good three year run of just, you know, making constant progress. And then once people get to that point, that's when you, I see people quitting, you know, powerlifting, weightlifting, yeah. all those sports, when you're actually having to then maybe get into the weeds a little bit more, or sometimes not even, sometimes you just have to keep, keep training, but it's, uh, I think it's, I mean, we're all working in this industry and complicating things or making them seem complicated is in the interest of a lot of people selling stuff. Yeah. So I think you see a bias there. It's like you get people distracted with all these little things and they make these incremental tiny bits of progress that they probably would have made anyways, but then they attribute it to like whatever the secret sauce is that you're selling. Yeah. It's one of those tough things too. Cause it's like, how do you also walk that line? Like as somebody who's trying to make a living, like, I think there's such a, such a broad range of like how in the weeds you can go with marketing and then like oversimplifying almost and then like missing cause you're so broad. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really like a good point of how do you figure out like, how do I walk this fine line of trying to display like value and help people understand like the details to focus on, but then also like not oversimplify it to where it's like, Oh, just go to the gym and do this. Like you need some direction, but also like that direction, how specific do you need to be based on the destination? So yeah, I, I 100% agree there. And it's it's always something that's like, I get where you're trying to do because you are trying to sell me a course, mm-hmm. but also like if the if the market and like the, the population that you're trying to market to isn't clearly identified, I think that's where it gets a little bit murkier. Yeah, that's a good point because uh, Jordan is a very in the weeds kind of guy. He's actually going to be on the, the podcast episode right after you. Um, but his audience is it's a bunch of people who are already trainers they've been in it for a long time you know they know the basics of making a program and progressive overload and managing volume and all this stuff so when he gets into like elbow angle on the row or something like that it's something that's applicable that these people can use for themselves but also if they're coaching somebody who's advanced you know they can you know, it's going to be something that actually helps and moves the needle a little bit. But I think it's exactly what you said. It's having a clearly identified demographic that you're speaking to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, and especially with somebody with a huge following like squat, you not to harp on him too much. He's a fine guy, but, uh, you know, his audience is super, super broad. So I feel like what he talks about should be a little bit more broad as opposed to like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you make a whole university out of squat, you know, <laughs> yeah. for me, it's like, it was like day one, you go down, you go up. All right. Got it. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I had somebody comment on one of my videos the other day about like how like my elbows are a little bit uneven and like, I have to like, I should go back and like regress a little bit. 
And like, I wanted to ask where they got that from, but it's like, bro, like I've for sat- squat when you're squatting. Yeah. When I was squatting, like they're a little bit off and I do my elbows are always off. Like I've mm-hmm. ruptured both AC joints from college cheer. I've dislocated my shoulder a couple of times. Like, bro, my shit's so unbalanced, but like my body has adapted to it. Sure. And so it's like, how do you explain that though to somebody and not tell them like, Oh, like you should do everything if, if it's unbalanced, you know, it's like, but I'm like, I wonder where the fuck this is coming from. And like, why you like, I looked at the guy's page and he was like squatting, like don't want to put down strength, but like far less than me and i was like all right dude like cool like thank you for the thank you for the heads up man appreciate it yeah thank it, you for that. it's weird because you don't want to you don't want to be the guy who's just like well you're weaker than me so i can't learn from you exactly. and that's obviously not the position you take but there is a point where it's like if you've achieved a certain level of, of strength yeah then you've navigated your way through injury through plateaus through a whole bunch of stuff that just comes along with being a person who can achieve certain you know strength goals so it's like not to discount people who haven't entirely but to criticize a guy who like squats 700 pounds or 800 pounds because his elbows are are off or whatever you know when you're somebody who's a novice in the yeah. gym like it's a little bit yeah. a little ridiculous and also you were you were not referencing me when you said 700 800 pounds people were like <laughs> i was squatting like four i think 15 in the clip i'm a lanky ass dude so i'll take that as a dub but yeah but to your point man it's like i was just talking to uh zach t Lander about this today because uh, john hack posted like a string of comments on his latest bench video he benched like what like 418 or something like that for six and people were like yeah your ass is off the bench. That's a beta press, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't count. And it's like, like people being serious. Yeah. I think like, so. You know, Dude, like, there was enough. He's like one of the best power lifters of all time. I would say, I would, <laughs> I would argue that like body, like pound for pound. Like, dude, he's like the most elite, like he, just everything about John. I would be like perfection. Yeah. Um, yeah, so him and Ed Cohen are like, yeah. And so the two in the conversation for me, um, to the point it's like, yeah, you don't want to be like, Oh, well I'm stronger. But like at the same time, it's like, bro, like you're not even in the conversation. Like you watched a YouTube video, you learned a little bit and now mm-hmm. you just go around regurgitating that shit on like other elite powerlifters posts and shit because they move in a way that sequences the task at hand, yeah. a task that you don't even understand what it feels like, right. nor have you coached through people through. Wait, I, I use Kevin Oak as an example sometimes. Cause if you just see Kevin like warming up, you know, lifting, I don't know, 400 pounds, it looks painful. Like it looks, you know, he squats super high bar. There's a little bit of like lower back bend, you know, it's just an unorthodox looking squat. It's like, how are you going to tell this guy that he's not doing it right when he literally has the squat world record? Yeah. It's like, he's literally the best at squat. And then he'll catch all this, this grief from people, you know, who are critiquing his technique. It's like, I don't know. He's the best squad in the world. Maybe that's the best technique in the world then. Yeah. <laughs> For him, at least. You it's know? like the classic too. Like you see this in the footwear world and the shoe industry, but like people who like are diehard barefoot shoes and like, I love barefoot shoes. I use them a lot for daily wear and training, but like the diehards that are like, yeah, well like imagine like if Usain Bolt's like foot wasn't flat, it's like, how are you going to, dude, he's the fastest person in the world. Like his flat feet have probably helped contribute to the way he sequences. Like, does he have flat feet? In what world? It just like, just using like any athlete that has a foot that does not look like the perfect anatomical, like wide right. toe, body, like, like bro, like these people are like at the peak of their competition. You're not even at that level. Like, how are you going to say like, oh, if they had done this, they'll be better. It's like, they're set, like these are world record holders like what do you mean yeah it just makes no sense they're literally the best at what they do it's like it's it's tough though and i like i get the i get the other side of the argument where it's like yeah like you want to try to do everything right but like people have to remember like athletes are athletes just because like there are so many factors that contribute to their success and the way they mm-hmm. sequence their body the way they're built and how sometimes their asymmetries are what contribute to their fucking athletic success like if you look at like you feel like elite pitchers like those guys aren't equal, like symmetrical. Those dudes are asymmetrical no. as shit. But that's how they can throw like a hundred miles per hour. Yeah. So it's like, how do you how do you navigate that in a way that's like not reductionist, not dickish, but then also like, you're not in the conversation. Yeah, hundred percent. Is there um, something in the fitness industry like a trend right now that irks you? Um, I think that there, it's it's interesting, right? Because like we're in this weird. I feel like we're in this weird pendulum swing where we were super simplified. We were like super like bodybuilding.com, bro. Like just do five by five, go mad, bro. And then we got super (laughs) complicated. And then we were like, you need like this level of angle for this kind of like muscle head fiber, blah, blah, blah. And now we're kind of swinging back to like, no, you just need to like get stronger, blah, blah, blah. So the trend I'm seeing is like how the pendulum just continues to swing in these different directions 
once it gets to a skew, we swing back the other way mm. and like we mark it towards the other thing. And then we mark it the other way because it's like contrarian. People want something fresh. And so the trend I'm seeing right now is like you got like guys like Jordan, you got N1 who are like really marketing to like the higher level athletes, the elite athletes, the coaches that want to start bringing their training to the next level regarding specificity and like getting really in the weeds. Um, but then you have like all the gen pop trainers going like, no, oh, you don't need all that. You just need to do this. And it's like, mm-hmm. here we go again. We're swinging back to like the reductionist mindset. Um, and so it's like, I think it's really important that during this pendulum swing, acknowledging and being better about it this time, like, Hey, like the pendulum swing of like what's overspecified versus what's more general. We need to define the population a little bit better. Whereas like in the past, like we went super simplified, super complicated and everybody just kind of like missed this whole middle part of defining like where the simplified and complicated need to actually be applied to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a trend that I'm seeing. I feel like in the coaching world, like yeah. the back and forth in comments, the fucking this guy's an asshole for his system. This dude's an asshole for his system. And you look at the systems, it's like, it's all kind of the same shit. You guys yeah. are just <laughs> approaching it slightly differently with your marketing. That's what I notice a lot. It's a bunch of people saying the same thing in different ways. Like you're both, (laughs) it's like, I used to see this in weightlifting all the time, you know, like people would criticize John North and like the way he spoke about technique, but then I'd see the way they're explaining it. And I'm like, you guys are actually hitting all the same points. Like he's just using different verbiage to describe it. You know, it's like, if you tell somebody pull up with your elbows or pull back with your elbows, you watch a snatch, it's going to look the same, right? Like you can't really do one over the other. It's going to be somewhere in the middle. It's just whatever works for your mind, like whatever cue works to help you put the bar in the right place. But it's, uh, I think, I think what happened was fitness uh, and specifically the strength sports used to be like, it used to look if someone told me they were a powerlifter and they were like, guess two things about me. I'd be like drug abuse, criminal record. And now it's like the nerds have found powerlifting. So it's like, guess one thing about them? Oh, you probably like anime, you know? But they, uh, they've they totally like taken over the sport, which is kind of interesting because you see all these, these guys that you never would have imagined, you know, even in powerlifting. And they're some of the best powerlifters in the world now, you know? Yeah. It's especially on the, on the drug tested side, like, I mean, the amount of people, you know, nerds. And then there's like a fashion trend also kind of in powerlifting now. Everybody's like dressed up like in streetwear and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, you look at the people that go to like Barbo Brigade or uh, uh, what Russell Orhees gym, Corrupted Strength, I think it's called, um, or some of the newer powerlifting gyms. It's a very, very different kind of person than what you'd see if you used to walk into like Westside Barbell. Yeah. You know, and I think that's part of the the swing as well. Yeah. You got more mindsets, more backgrounds coming in. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Like kind of like, I would almost say it's like not fighting like the traditional way of looking at it and bringing in a new approach, but kind of, yeah, you see like you have so many different diverse backgrounds coming together and mm-hmm. now you have like almost more of a population of the folks who are newer in the game versus like kind of like the somewhere old school way of thinking folks. Uh, what do you think? started that trend i mean i would have to argue social media dude like i would say like that's probably the biggest catalyst and getting more people into strength sports getting people comfortable getting the strength sports because i feel mm-hmm. like speaking to your point of like when you looked at like the powerlifting population a couple decades ago like that shit's intimidating as fuck oh, yeah. i would not have walked into a powerlifting like knowing what i know now even like being like moderately strong pound for pound for my size like I don't think I would have the nuts to go into a, like a Westside barbell and be like, hey, I'm trying to train. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, get the fuck out of here, skinny mini. Yeah. So I think the the catalyst of social media and like getting people to feel more accepted for kind of how they're built and what they like and stuff in these different sports and like kind of creating this like lower bar to entry. I think that's created a lot of the influx of people getting interested in it. And like now we have more talking heads, educating people too, and like helping Mm -hmm. them understand like, Hey, this is how you do it. It's not that intimidating. Like here's how you'd approach it as a beginner. Um, Yeah. I think that's definitely one of, if not the biggest contributors for getting more athletes in the door to sports that they may have never been exposed to. Mm -hmm. Like if you stayed in your lane and you never like had 
this random explore page of like, oh, whoa, that, that person like kind of looks like me and I kind of like the way they look, but they're like squatting and doing all this stuff. Like, what is this about? And you go and you learn more and then you're like, oh shit, like maybe I could do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Social media gets a bad rap, um, but just the availability of information yeah it's unbelievable now you can you know back in the day if you wanted to learn how to work out you had to order arnold schwarzenegger's uh bodybuilding encyclopedia or whatever wait for it to come in the mail and read it page by page now you have you know thousands of people yeah. who are well educated who have experience and they're just putting stuff out for free like constantly i think it's a really really a uh like a cool shift it's now there's just the problem of there's so many voices, so many opinions, so many people talking. It just makes it harder for people to sift through that information, I think. Yeah, and I think that's something that's hard for people to see and acknowledge sometimes or even like recognize is that not all opinions are equal. I know like sure. everybody wants to think like, oh, my opinion matters too. But it's like not necessarily like you have people in a trade who have histories building up like their credentials and stuff for a reason. Like if everybody's mm -hmm. opinion was equal... We'd all be fucking doctors giving medical advice. Right. And like, I think social media can sometimes make it that way. And it's like, well, like your opinion's not really equal because like you don't have a background here. Like, sure, you read something from here, but like you're not actually in the trade. You're not in the industry. Um, and I think that's like where social media can go awry to your point, too, is like you have all these cooks in the kitchen and not all these cooks are cooking gourmet. Right. You got some cooks <laughs> just throwing shit on the pan and they're not using any form of like saute butter or anything they're just cooking up some fucking fried meat uh -huh. um or whatever it is and yeah you got like these people like thinking that they know what they're talking about with no background in the context of what they're talking about mm -hmm. and i think that can be very confusing for beginners who don't know better well especially like, the, the people saying these things they can be super wrong but they say it with conviction they 100%. look confident they they look the part maybe and it's like you know and not you know if you see a guy that looks like larry wheels and he's telling you how to get big and strong not to say Larry Wheels doesn't know what he's talking about, but just for a physique that most people would probably know who listen to the podcast. So you see somebody like that, you know, telling you how to get big and strong, you're probably going to believe it, right? Especially as a beginner. You're like, well, obviously this guy knows what he's talking yeah. about. And it's not not always the case. Yeah, 100%. There's a lot of gray area there. And that's, I think, the biggest question is like, how do you, how do you quantify and qualify like what's good information, what's bad information, like who should get an opinion on this, who... Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's a big loaded question. I think it's only going to get more complicated too, as social media continues to grow and expand. And as you can search more things on TikTok, for example, like mm. you can search squat on TikTok and you'll see 10 different people talking about 10 different things. Some of them might be right. Some of them might be wrong. Some of them might know what they're talking about. Some of them might not, but they're like, you know, it's, it's fucking tough. Like mm. I, I was talking, I forget who I was talking to about this the other day, but like, I do not envy the beginner lifters now. Like when I feel like I got into lifting when I was like 13, 14, yeah. there was not that many resources. And it was kind of like, I know obviously like more resources is better, but it didn't like make me confused. You know, sure. at least I had some clear idea of like what I needed to do. I feel like if I logged on social media now to learn about anything fitness and I had no fucking clue, my head would be spinning. Mm. Like I would be like, oh my God, like what do I need to do? Like I just want to get strong, look better and also build up like my endurance. Like this guy's telling me this, this dude's telling me this, do I need the supplement? Do I not need this? This guy says sleep. Do I need this ice bath? Do I like, sure. there's just so much shit. Even simple topics like, you know, some people are really, you know, convicted in the belief that doing cardio is going to ruin all your strength progress. Right. Hello friends. We wanted to remind you about our exclusive offer from element for hybrid unlimited listeners. You can snag a free gift when you purchase your pack of Element over at www.drinkelement.com slash hybrid. That's www.drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. You can also find that link in the show notes or over on the podcast Instagram page. If you sweat, you need Element. It's the tastiest electrolyte supplement on the market, trusted by athletes at the highest level. We love it and we know you will too. All right, back to the show. And then you have other people saying the exact opposite. Actually, it's good for recovery and blah, blah, blah. And I'm of that camp. I think it's – there are very few people who wouldn't benefit from doing some form of yep. cardio. Um, but imagine, like you said, just being a beginner and you're like, I want to get as strong as possible. And, you know, you're being fed this sort of – this idea that, like, 
you can't you shouldn't go on a hike you shouldn't do everything should just be super strength related yeah i remember a, a funny story actually uh about pat mendez um apparently john north told me this story back in the day he said um this is when pat was a super heavy so he was a big boy i don't know if he was 300 pounds but he must have been close he's a big guy and uh he was so um careful about how he expended his energy because he thought it was going to screw him up so he was just completely sedentary uh especially around competition and they apparently had it was like a big courtyard and from the uh hotel to the other side of the courtyard was the distance to the venue and pat refused to walk the distance from like you know say it's like a couple street widths yeah. wide he had the shuttle come and pick him up take him around the courtyard and drop him off at the venue just to limit the amount of steps and it's yeah. like it's ridiculous it's a funny story and you know it works if you think it works right like if yeah. you you know if he thinks that's what he's got to do to you know not mess yeah. up his progress on the way to the the competition then like okay it's going to be in the right mindset to compete but a lot of people really think that way and if you're not an olympic athlete and you're not competing internationally and all that stuff it's like you're just gonna end up being a super unhealthy person yeah you know and yeah it's it'd be super tough i think you're right uh unless you had somebody more knowledgeable that you could kind of bounce those ideas off of you know send them the videos what do you think about this and that kind of thing that's what i think is like you, you make a really great point there and also i'm in the camp of no endurance ever i haven't had sex in probably 20 years <laughs> and i'm only 30 so like it's <laughs> been my whole life i'm basically a virgin um no but to your point man um like there are folks in my community that constantly send me posts from other coaches and they're like hey like what do you think of this and it's really cool because then we get to have conversations back and forth. And it's cool because I also get to see like where they're coming from with it, when they're sending it to me, asking if it's legit and like how they already think about the topic. And if you're listening to this and to kind of help siphon through some of like the training nuance out there and trying to decide like what really works for you. I think having friends in the industry who have been in it for a minute or at least like coach and have some background to send stuff to or at least bounce ideas off here and there can be super useful because you have somebody kind of in your corner who gets where you're coming from to help you understand and conceptualize some of these topics that can be super nuanced. And so that's really cool that you bring that up because like I have like a handful of probably like five or 10 guys, gals that will send me stuff like that, who I've never met by the way. Like these are just folks who have found me on YouTube or like through Instagram that like I regularly talk about some of these topics with, like they'll send me like a post from like knees over toes. So like, do I need to be doing this? And it's like, do you have any pain? No. Are you making progress? No. Oh, is that Probably is that not. the guy who says you shouldn't squat below ninety degrees? And he's uh, I am not. Like he's the guy that does like a lot of the tib interior stuff and like oh, okay. a bunch of stuff like that. Um, but like he's just an example of like somebody who's super hyper focused, makes some good content I think for mm -hmm. specific things. But a guy who like people send me stuff from like, do I need to be like doing something like this specific? And it's like, well, like let's talk about it. like let's talk about where you're at with your training, why you think you need this will it actually benefit should you actually play sure. with it just to see um and that's can be really useful and um if you ever do feel overwhelmed with content and social media i think that could be a really easy way to kind of just slow down take a step back and figure out what's important mm -hmm. especially for especially i get fucking shit on all the time for saying especially my youtube channel um especially <laughs> like don't let anything slide huh dude oh my god like it's at least like four comments a fucking week i'm like you guys need to go to the rural midwest because we all say especially there like well, it just, that, that's a like a regional thing i guess so man like oh, wow. all my family does it, but we're a bunch of rednecks from fucking missouri so maybe do you, do you I, say ax a question no, I don't. I say like, I'll, I'll say espresso here and there and I'll say especially, but I've been trying to get better. So I, I have, I've, I've been catching myself more like, especially like I'm rewiring all the fucking. It's hard wires. when you've been doing it for saying it a certain way for 30 years. Dude, it really <laughs> is. And like, I'll build out like a 13 minute shoe review and it's like, that's what you take away from this video. And then it also brings up the topic. <laughs> yeah, like, so annoying. Dude, right? And so like, I, I got a comment literally two days ago about this. I've totally sidetracked. Um, they're like, oh, you say, especially that's not a word. I'm like, would you like correct me in IRL if you were like looking at me in my face right. and I said that, like, would you correct me? Because if so, like I'm down to fucking learn. Like I actually, like in one of my recent videos, I had like a little 15 second clip at the end of me just practicing saying, especially, especially, especially. <laughs> so like, That's I don't funny. really care if people say that, like you can't be in the content and YouTube game and have yeah. be like super soft. So like, I don't give a fuck, but at the same time, like, 
I think a lot of people on social, like they get like all this bravado and they comment all these things. And it's like, bro, like, would you say that IRL? Cause if not, like, Sit I back don't down. think most sit back down. You could probably if you had to limit comments on social media down to what people would say in real life, you'd probably see a ninety percent decrease in inactivity across <laughs> platforms. True, it's uh, people get really really bold and brave, and it's always like the comment sections. It always come seems to me like everyone is trying to prove to everyone that they're smart and like make a good point or have some sort of gotcha moment, and it's a weird place especially twitter are you active on twitter at all no no i'm i'm uh i'd call myself a spectator on twitter like i have an account i don't really post on it but yeah uh, yeah exactly i'm a lurker um but it's like a good place to pick up news and just watch people get absolutely flamed by their audiences (laughs) it's a dangerous place it's crazy man it's like a reactive fucking environment and it's it's so unhealthy like i always long for the day that like i don't have to be so active on comments and messages because like Mm. it's overwhelming trying to keep up with that shit and truthfully like i'm not always the most even keel like some days when i get comments like that it pisses me the fuck off because i'm tired i'm stressed i have all this other shit going on in my life i'm dealing with something and it's like you motherfucker like like this is not the day you just poured all (laughs) your time and energy to making this well thought out video dude and the guy's focusing on x specially yeah and (laughs) some days it really bothers me but yeah you can't you can't be soft in that game and it is what it is um but yeah to the point earlier where we were talking about um where were we what were we talking about i got sidetracked Um, because i fucked up what were we saying george we were on uh i don't know shit I don't know, but I did have another thing that I wanted to ask is who we talked a little bit about the, the negative side of it. Um, is there an account or accounts that you follow, either YouTube, Instagram, whatever, that uh, you think are doing a really like good job? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, like I, I like Shallow stuff, and like I like the N one guys. I know they can be super. Who's that? N one training. I'm not, I'm not like Kassam, um, oh, Adam okay. Miller. Like I know they could be super polarizing in nature, and I know they do not hit everybody's stride. But I think for the more nuanced stuff and the more advanced stuff, like they do a pretty good job. And like I'm sure people in the comments are like, "What?" Because you have people <laughs> who like are very harsh on like I don't know. I just mm. I just don't get the point of wasting energy like that in life. Um, and I think regarding like having like a really even keel, like nice level mindset when looking at stuff, I really love compound performance, Kyle Dobbs and how he approaches all these topics and Matt Domney. I think they're really great. I'm actually working with one of their coaches, Craig, right now with my programming. Um, and this is not just a plug because I'm working with them. Like, oh, I yeah. just think they have like a really good approach of like, Hey, like here are the details that actually matter. Like let's get nuanced for the advanced athlete. But like, if you're gen pop, here's what you should be focusing on. And I think that's really cool that they're, identifying that way way more readily than some folks um dr andy chin he is a sick pt based out of new york city he's got a really good approach too of like focusing on the details that matter and like kind of helping you understand like hey like here's how you should be approaching this in a way that's actually fruitful versus like getting lost in the weeds or doing what your medical provider taught you that is dated and not actually useful for your stuff um one of my buddies josh clay he's like a smaller coach regarding like size of following, but he is a sick coach and he deserves way more recognition just for how he approaches topics and like how he looks at systems and how he integrates different systems. So he's a good one as well. And I think those are probably like some of my people that I see most in my feed that I really enjoy. And I can usually see their messages and be like, nice. Like I get like your approach to this topic and I like that it's super balanced. Um, but yeah. Um, Sorry, George, you killed my train of thought there, bro, with the with the minute timing warning. Um, what is your training like now? Because you look like you've gotten huge. Like from the last time I saw you, you put on a, like a lot of size. Are you heavier? Uh, I'm a little heavier. I think well, I've gotten stronger across the board. Like my total is up a lot. Granted, I don't bench anymore because I don't have any plans on competing. So I'll just dumbbell bench because I want the titties. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I don't I don't barbell bench that much. But yeah, man, my squat and deadlift have gone up. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, your arms. Thanks, man. Like you know, your new arms, eight year old arms, it looks like. Hey, <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been I've been growing a little bit. I've been trying to eat. I've been eating good. Um, 
No, but I think just honestly running the business and like having a little bit more time to actually train and not be in fucking stressful New York City, not training that regularly has helped a ton. Are you, um, are you less busy now running your own business than you were I'm, with Barbend? I'm probably more busy, but owning my schedule, I can shift things around. So like I'm the kind of guy that wakes up early, loves to work for like three or four hours. Then I'll kind of piss off for a couple of hours in the day and like actually train and go eat and like take care of myself a little bit, get some mental break. And then I'll work until like the afternoon into the evening. And like, obviously those days can vary a lot based off of shoe releases. Like this past week, Under Armour just dropped four shoes. So I was like, what's Do you have to like run out and go get those shoes right away? <laughs> to an extent, honestly, like you try to be like one of the first in the game. And that's something with that fit friend, which I try to be very cognizant of, which is like trying to be on the pulse of new releases because mm-hmm. like I get got like I'm a small time player. Like I run all of my own stuff. I write all my own stuff, edit. I film all my own stuff. I edit all my own filming. And so like being first can be really useful because it helps people recognize the brand and like resonate mm-hmm. with some of the content, hopefully over some of these media companies that don't even test their fucking products. Um, and so, yeah, to like, to your point, like last week, like Under Armour dropped like four training shoes. And so I go out and get all the shoes and like, I have testing regiments that I do for different types of shoes and like different what, boxes. What, what, so what, uh, I'm actually interested in that. Yeah. What are, how do you test the shoes? So it depends on the type of shoe, right? So like cross training shoes, for example, I take them through like two weeks of like tough training and then I'll wear them like a little bit less as I go because I have to get other models in because it's tough mm-hmm. to wear every shoe every fucking day. Yeah. But like for a cross training shoe, I'll take them through some heavier squat sessions, a couple of heavy deadlift sessions with cleans. And then I'll take them through some different wads based on what they're doing, like, or based like basically cross training or functional fitness workouts or wads if it's specific to CrossFit. And then like the ebb and flow of those workouts will be catered to the type of shoe. So for example, like, I'm at Wadapalooza right now, like the Rad 1. It's one of the newer CrossFit shoes. That shoe will have a CrossFit bias with my training. Mm-hmm. I'll use it for more double under work, more box jump work, more rope climbing. I'll test durability. I'll test the stability for deadlifts and squats and cleans. Basically, everything this type of athlete or lifter will encounter basically with this shoe and how it's been trying to be used, that's how I'll try to test it. Um, and generally, like most of my reviews and the shoes I wear will have like anywhere from like five to 10 sessions. And then like shoes that are a little bit of bigger players, like Metcons, Nanos, and like some of the bigger brands too. Like I'll draw those out a little bit longer because it helps with comparisons, it helps with roundups. Um, and so last week to that point, like four, four shoes release, I'm basically like training every day, trying to rotate shoes. And it just like kicks the shit out of me. And like, mm-hmm. granted, like I'm not complaining because I love what I do. But it does take a toll, like training that much. Like I ramp up my volume to cater to the shoes. So it's like squatting 405 for a couple of times that week in different shoes. Like it changes the mechanics of the lift. It changes kind of how I have to sequence and it takes a toll fatigue wise. But it's cool because it gives me a grander look at all these different shoes. And like it allows me to build out these testing regiments that give me a better insight when people ask me specific questions. So they're like, hey, like how does this perform for this? And like actually having tested it for that i can actually give them more depth and context as to if that shoe's right for them right um and so that's generally how i test shoes and like it is tough just being by myself like i'll be the first to tell you like there are contexts and specific contexts too where i just like can't physically like go there you know like i'm only capped by my strength i'm capped by how much i'm running each week so like for running shoes the way i approach that for example and this is a great example because it's a very specific type of footwear like i'm a strength athlete but i run 5ks every week i run two 5ks i run faster miles and i do sprint intervals so like when i approach reviews for that it's like hey this is how i'm testing the shoe this is how i train i'm not your marathon guy like if you need this shoe for marathoning go find a marathon guy who is testing this for that type of review um and so with like cross training, weightlifting and CrossFit focused models and whatnot, and barefoot shoes, I always try to be very clear of like, Hey, here's how I'm testing it. So it's like with weightlifting shoes, for example, like I'm not a weightlifting athlete. I don't snatch because my shoulders will literally fucking fall out of their sockets, right. but I clean and I jerk. And so helping people understand like, Hey, if you're somebody who just wants these for squats and cleaning here and there, and you're more of like that recreational athlete who wants to build in more of like an elevated heel for some of their movement and their mechanics, like this is how the shoe will work for you. Like if you need it, like if you need a weightlifting focus review, like there are so many great weightlifting channels, go find somebody in that context who is very specific for what you do, who has reviewed the product for that. So I think it's just also like recognizing like where the limitations are for me as well. And kind of being more upfront with that versus like trying to hide and be like, no, I tested it for all this. Like I'm the best all in one review. Like, sure. Nah, man, like 
I'm, I'm sure f- that exists. I'm what, sure a lot of people dude, do that. I, what, we could go on a, like one of my biggest fucking complaints are these media companies that act like they know what they're fucking doing with the reviews and you could tell they haven't even worn the product. Really? You have like, you have like, uh, what was it? Mind Body Green. They put up a ba- best weightlifting shoes article the other day. Big roundup. It's like uh-huh. number one or number two on Google right now. Best like weightlifting shoes. <laughs> they have a Converse in there. They have like, like the sport of weightlifting, bro. Yes, like weightlifting, clean weightlifting shoes. Yep, right there. Mind body green. Nine best weightlifting shoes. They have none of them all, are even weightlifting shoes. They have they have I think three or four in this oh, whole my. list of eight or nine models. The best deadlift shoe for or the best weightlifting deadlifting shoe they have is a noble lifter. It's like tell me you've never fucking deadlifted without telling me. Like what are you talking? Wait, best have, best for deadlifts. Noble lifters. Is that with an elevated heel? Yes. Like, fuck off, dude. And like, <laughs> if you're not specific to weightlifting, doing like clean pulls where you might want to replicate some right. form of that pull, like, why the fuck would you tell somebody to deadlift with a weightlifting shoe? That is so weird. Dude, it's it's so, it's the Wild West with reviews. And this is like, and if you scroll down, keep scrolling down, keep going, just keep going. There is literally not one shot of anybody testing this stuff. Does There's, it say who the author is? Yeah. And if you look at her profile, she's done like best toothbrushes, best mattresses. So she's an expert in all these fields. <laughs> AKA she's a staff writer who is probably tasked with like, Hey, I need roundups on this. Here are your keywords. Here are the products that do well, figure out how to make them fit. It like, reminds me of like, uh, when you have to do, you know, like we'd have in school, like make a five minute speech on like whatever topic and you just go and you Google a bunch of stuff and then, you know, whatever you can basically just, this is a summary of like the top five searches on Google. Yeah. That's probably what this person did. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, you can tell a lot of these reviews will just paraphrase what <laughs> some of the- pillow brand is so good. Dude, I, I, it's it's so bad. And this is, like, one of my biggest gripes. And this kind of, like, helps fuel TF2 and my, like, cynicism, but also kind of passion for the brand, where it's like, you look at stuff like this, and then I imagine a beginner going to this, and they don't know. They don't realize that weightlifting shoes are a specific type of footwear. Like, these are all cross-training shoes. Right. The Nike Blazer is neither of those. Yeah. So- I mean, a Nike Blazer, I have a pair. They're pretty, like I see a lot of people lifting in them, but they're yeah. actually, if you're trying to do stuff like deadlift or even squat, it's got a big it's a fairly, cushion under it. It's like, a fairly high stack height. Yeah. yeah. Stack um, height. I don't know all the technical terms. Stack height is like the, the amount of material that separates the foot uh, from the floor and how high that is. I learned but, something. but to that point, dude, it's like you look at stuff like this and I think of like the beginners and like how we were just talking about social media being confused. Like this looks very professional. You have no reason not to believe like this would be legit. And then you actually dig a little deeper and you're like, these are all picks just pulled off of affiliates that what like convert well. So they just make money. And there's actually no fucking indication that they've tested this. And if you read any of this text, it's all paraphrased from, I would guess review sites like mine that have actually tested it. And like, you wouldn't be able to speak to some of this stuff without actually using it yourself. And then also like a lot of the stuff is just very vague. Like they pulled from the bullet points of the product page and expanded on it. It's like, cool, you're a glorified marketing piece, marketing as a review. Right. Like this shit makes me like, this shoe has right about 150 reviews in total, like sick. Like somebody could go to their Noble Lifter review page and like read that on their own. Thanks, thanks. Thanks for wasting my fucking time. But it's like, (laughs) this is like why I get so mad at the industry. Cause it's like, this is number one for best weightlifting shoes. And you have, literally only three shoes in your whole list of nine that are actually weightlifting shoes and you're recommending a weightlifting shoe for deadlifts. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like Damn, man. makes that's, no sense. That's pretty bad. Pretty have you, bad. Have you ever caught somebody um, stealing your reviews? Yes. What, what do you do? I'm not name dropping, but you, you can tell because like all of a sudden, like a company's like headers and like the flow of their reviews will look very similar, just tweaked a little bit. And like everybody does that with business. I get it. We all borrow shit from each other and make it into our own. Mm-hmm. But there have been a multiple times with like not like like sites like this that aren't fucking specific for strength sports or like shoes and whatnot that don't really know what they're talking about. They'll take stuff and like paraphrase it in a different way. And it's like, bro, like there's no shot you're talking about this if, like because you, there's no indication that you've actually used the stuff right. unless you just like looked at what other people have written and you're just now using it as your own and you're just using the authority of your site to outrank actual people using it so yeah i've seen it and it is what it is and like people poach your shit all the time and that's the problem like once you start getting more traffic people start catching on like there are a lot more sites all of a sudden reviewing shoes that's not for a magic reason it's because like shoes have done pretty well traffic wise and a lot of people are interested in shoes a lot of people are getting into sure. training 
But the problem is, is you have staff writers at sites like this that don't know what they're talking about, putting together reviews. They get tasked with a list of articles to build out. The company's like, hey, these are 10 products that convert really well. Like, let's figure out how to fit them in. Or just like they'll mm -hmm. say, oh, like figure out like what does really well. And they'll go look at other people's sites and then put shit together like this. And it's like, cool. Like you're just part of the issue. And I was talking to T-Lender about this earlier too. And I think part of the problem with reviews and why I hate the industry so much, even though I'm in it, is because you're building a site based off of trust, yet you're letting mm -hmm. like capitalism influence every fucking thing you're doing with it. There's got to be a middle ground there. Like you can make money and not be a fucking sellout and put somebody number one because they're giving you money under the table. Right. Like there's got to be a happy medium there. And I don't think there's not enough of that going on right now in the reviews game. And this is not just limited to fitness. Like if you look at any review, if mm. you really go and like dig deeper, nothing like nothing from these big media sites I trust anymore because yeah, you can't. because you like you you have no shots of you physically wearing the stuff. You have no indication that you actually train. When I go look at your social media, you literally just look like a guy who does staff right like. Cool, you yeah. read about best toothbrushes, mattresses, and training shoes. She's also read like best gym shoes. And like, this is not the shit on the rider because I know she's just making a living. But right. it's like, it's just it's, dishon system. it's just dishonest, man. And I don't blame her. Yeah. I blame fucking Mind Body Green for putting up garbage like this and like mm -hmm. accepting it for what it is and knowing that they've never actually worn these shoes and they're yet they're ranking them as number one for this. And then I like, man, it just, it sucks because. Like, I don't know. You got a guy who has money for one pair of shoes. They look at a site like this. It looks trustworthy. They buy the shoe and it's not at all what they need or it's yeah, not sure. what they want. They buy a pair of Converse's and then they join a weightlifting team and then yeah. <laughs> walk in the gym and the guy's like, what are you doing? Dude, it's it's so infuriating. Um, but you, I, I, you know who I, you can trust for an honest uh, shoe review? Who's that? Nate Diaz. You ever see that video? No. Can you pull that up? Nate Diaz. Uh, just say like the rocks shoe he uh <laughs> it was his last fight in the ufc and uh they forced all the athletes to wear these shoes <laughs> let me see if you can find it uh yeah it's that one <laughs> it's so good he just you know how he is he says whatever he wants <laughs> Dude, you know the entire, all of their staff was just, yeah, like, that was it, George. <sighs> all their staff was just like, no, there's probably like a huge, yeah. huge deal with so much money behind it. <laughs> My other one always cracks me up. The rock, you, the rock shoes are interesting. Like I've reviewed them and they're decent. Like they're good for like general stuff. And I get it. Like if you like the rock, but like, yeah, yeah. like they're not the best training shoes by any fucking means. No. What do you, what's the best training shoe in your opinion? Do right. you have a, like a number one? goat shoe yeah like and it varies based off of what you're doing like is there one shoe that conquers everything i don't think so i just don't think that's possible like yeah there's too many layers of fitness and training um so it's like fucking difficult to do but like for the context of crossfit i think the rad one has been really solid they're a smaller company i think they've built a really good product um and i'm stoked to see how they basically evolve like the nike metcon the reebok nanos they've all fallen off in my opinion like they, I think they've almost like either stopped listening to feedback or they've just like, like with Reebok Nano, like they've kind of like given up on like trying to like really just focus on CrossFit. It's more general now, like the right. 11 and 12, like they work and that's a Nano 11, 12. Like they work for CrossFit, no doubt. And a lot of people will use them, but like that's a type of shoe that'll break like after one rope climb. And it's like, it's not mm -hmm. really a shoe for CrossFit anymore. Um, so the Rad One is sick. The new tier model is also awesome. They do have some issues, I think, with the midfoot via rope climbing. Like my broke my first model. Second model has held up okay, but I do worry that based on the rope you're using and whatnot, that model can have some issues, but it's a pretty good shoe. And I think if you're not necessarily climbing at a high volume with that model, it's a solid shoe for the context of CrossFit. So you got the Rad One, the Tier. The model I'm wearing right now is a Strike Movement Haze Trainer. These are one of my favorite training shoes because there's like a lot of articulation to the sole, but they also just look kind of casual. So they're like mm -hmm. one of my favorite shoes to travel with just because they don't look super jimmy in nature. Yeah. Um, when it comes to lifting, honestly, all three of those are fucking solid as well. So I'll rotate them based off of what I'm doing in the gym and whatnot. 
The Under Armour Tribase Rain 5, that's a newer Under Armour model that I just tested. I've actually really loved that model. I think it's going to be a little bit polarizing for folks, but I think it's a step in the right direction for Under Armour, which is a company that I don't think is always on the on the pulse with their sure. shoes and their performance of their shoes. Like they make the Rock shoes, which work for some folks, but they're super stiff, super thick. Um, not really a great training shoe for people who are doing barbell work or any form of like high intensity strength threshold work. So those are probably my go-to three or four models at the moment. What about a uh, weightlifting shoe? Weightlifting shoes? <sighs> I fucking hate saying this. I I do like the new tier L1 lifter. And like, it's the one that they collab to squat, squat you on to build the wide toe box. Oh, Granted, right, it's right. funny because the toe box doesn't work for everybody because it has a slightly lower profile and it's a pretty thick like leathery upper so it doesn't work for everybody i do enjoy them though um i've been told that antas are awesome i just can't fucking find them like on yeah, every on, the, the all the chinese lifters yeah, those ones, right like yeah. on the on every weightlifting shoe like i did a best weightlifting shoes video um and people are like no ant doesn't it's like dude like i can't find them in a size 10 like they need to restock them or roll out a new model like what's the point of putting a fucking model in here that people can't actually buy mm-hmm. you know like they only have like smaller sizes and like that's not really applicable for most lifters right. so i want to try that model um but i've really been enjoying the tier model i really enjoy the innovate um fast lift power g380 and god that name fucks me up every time <laughs> innovate fast lift power g380 like dude could you make your name any it's longer complicated. Dude, yeah. any longer um that's been a solid model the new addy power is pretty good too the addy power three i enjoy that shoe as well it's a little bit narrower but i do like the upper construction how they change it to like this more like breathable ripstop that's a tiny bit more durable in my opinion um so those have been like kind of like my three go-to's the valesa Velasa model could be sick if they just widen the toe box. That's the wooden heeled shoe. It's a little bit of a smaller oh, right. company. I like it a lot. It's just narrow as fuck. And so it's just not super comfortable, but like I love the wooden heel. And I love yeah, that it's one too. of the last like modern weightlifting shoes that offer a wooden heel. But like, dude, I you're actually like- have um, a pair of the Addy Stars. Sick. The one that they came out with in 2008 for, yeah, I yeah. think it was Beijing. Yeah, I believe I won the Olympics, dude. Yeah, I just had them sitting in the back of my closet uh, for years, forgot I had them. And then I was looking for something, found it. I was like, oh, man, these are like, you know, that back when I, you know, they're all about like 200 bucks, whatever, when they come out. Yeah. But then I was looking what they were going for Bro. on eBay. It's like people are paying over a grand yeah. to get their hands on those now. That's the like, thing. Like with the, with the Anta Ask, I like I found a pair for like 450 and I was like, dude, there's just no way. I'm not, I'm, I cannot justify spending that for a shoe that people can't buy. Like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any sense. Like, there would be cool, I think, to do, like, a best all-time list, though. Like, try to, like, yeah. eventually source all these shoes and whether I borrow them from friends and, like, have other folks talk on them or, like, invest in them myself. Uh, once I have, like, 10 grand a drop on old weightlifting shoes, <laughs> I think that would be, like, a really cool article to do, too. Or, like, a video, I mean, and just talk about the best yeah, of all time. I'd like, watch that. It'd be sick. Like, I talked to, like, some of, the, like, the old weightlifting coaches, too. I think that would be fucking cool. Yeah, that would be sick. What uh, What's next for you? Dude, this year, it's just chipping away on content, man. Like, the goal this year is to just keep building YouTube videos and the subscriber base and, like, really building out a solid community and really chipping away on the website. And then hopefully in 2024, I do want to get into shoes. The whole idea there is to build a weightlifting shoe, a cross-training shoe, and a barefoot shoe. Um, try to, like, give more education with how to use each and, like, why you would use each, which I think is lacking right now with a lot Mm -hmm. of the big brands. They don't really help people understand why you would use certain models. Um, And try to figure out a way, too, like, if I can make that a thing where I can create all three of these, like, sell them in a package deal that can hopefully save people money versus, like, dropping so much on, like, a fucking this shoe, this shoe, this shoe, and they all cost, like, this. Like, it gets expensive as fuck, so... I think if I could figure out a way to make a quality product, give a nice educational component tying in my coaching background and try to save people money because that's, I think, the the biggest thing because shoe prices just keep going up. Literally mm-hmm. every company keeps jumping at five or ten bucks and like nobody will notice. And it's like, bro, like, fuck off. Like, I get inflation <laughs> and like materials are probably more expensive. But let's be real, like Nike, how how much are you actually spending to create a Nike Metcon? Like yeah. you're selling it for 130 to 160, depending on if you like the proprietary colorways, like how much are you really making, you know? So I think approaching it from an angle of like, like it'd be cool to turn a profit, but that's not the only driving factor I think would be really neat in that game. Cause I don't know if a lot of people are doing that at the moment. I love um, the idea of packaging them so you can have like, these are all the shoes you need for training. Yeah. 
one one thing also probably good for you you get to sell three pairs of shoes in one and offer it for a little bit less of an individual yeah. price point and like give cool away idea. some educational stuff with that and like i don't know i've even molded around the idea of like building out like a training app too where if you subscribe to it you get money off of the gear and shoes and like you get like okay you've been training for three months consistently you've logged all your workouts i'm gonna kick you like a free pair of like a couple of socks or something like that's cool to get people more adhering to their training and just getting them excited to train and like because i think people get really excited about their gear which makes them excited about training sure. which i love like fuck if you like I don't understand the people who buy like 20 pairs of Nike Metcons, but if that's your thing and it makes you want to train, <laughs> like go for it, you know? Yeah. And so like One being for every able color to, of shirt. Yeah. Being able yeah. to do that, I think would be cool. And like do it in a way too, that kind of isn't just so like consume, consume, consume. Cause that's another thing as well that I try to be conscious of. It's like, I don't want you to think like you need like all these shoes. Like that's not the point. The point right. is to find something that works really well. So you don't need to buy all these shoes. Um, and so that's why I think doing like a packaging, like a package deal and kicking over some education, that would be really nice to help people understand like what matters, what doesn't matter, how to use something accordingly. Yeah. I love that. Uh, where, where can people find you to keep up with all this stuff? Uh, my website is that fit friend on YouTube. You can search that fit friend as well. And you'll, you'll see this dumb mug. If you search pretty much most <laughs> training shoes or weightlifting shoes, you'll probably see my face as well. Uh, at some point, if you're in the scroll around the top five and most searches and then yeah on instagram it's jake underscore bully b-o-l-y and uh yeah if you want to subscribe to the channel it's super helpful obviously you don't need to watch every video i'm not going to ask you to fucking watch everything <laughs> and like everything but if i publish anything that's useful for you sick that's a win-win and then also yeah if you ever have questions on shoes or like or if you're size 10 yeah or if you're fucking <laughs> size 10 hit me up because i need to dish out some of these shoes i just sent out five pairs last week i was walking to the post office i have these five boxes the woman's like shoes it's got a week huh i'm like a good week for them yeah, yeah like i'm paying for all the shipping and stuff like yeah like it's great to get these out because like my fucking office is so full um so yeah if you're size 10 hit me up and then also if you ever have questions on shoes hit me up and yeah i really appreciate the time hayden and it's been a yeah, pleasure man. being able to come back on i sincerely appreciate it yeah thanks for coming man it's been it was long overdue been a while 100 percent. thank you all right man